I'm envisioning some wild scenes of Charles at home with Camilla just wearing the... I was going to say, has he? <laughs> do you think he's been practising? I'd be amazed if he, if he didn't. You know, that we're told that there's a mock abbey set up in Buckingham Palace. Oh now. my God, stop. And there's so much thought behind all of these choices. And that's my favourite part of it, that nobody does symbolism and sort of visual representation quite like the British royal family. They call it the screen, you know, in the middle of the, the abbey. And I thought, can I? make it through and back in three minutes. I don't know if I can do it in Se- three minutes. Security must have been waiting. Where's she going? Are you saying you want to see the king wearing a neon double-breasted jacket <laughs> That is at some point? exactly what I'm saying. Yes, that's I mean, what I was getting at. I mean, as long as it's sustainable, I think it could happen. I don't think anything's off the table for this coronation. I think he's going to surprise all of us. Hello and welcome to the Right Rural Podcast with me, Emmy. And me, Andrea. In this episode, we'll be talking all things the coronation. The upcoming once-in-a-lifetime royal event will see a new British monarch crowned for the first time in seven decades. King Charles has been a king-in-waiting for his entire life and will be crowned with his wife, Queen Camilla, by his side. But what can we expect from the royal spectacle? What will the service be all about? How many members of the King's God will faint? In our new episode, we'll be chatting to Majesty magazine editor Joe Little to discuss the pomp and ceremony of the special day. Yolanda Brown OBE, the award-winning saxophonist who has performed in Westminster Abbey for the King and can tell us all about it. And finally, New York best-selling author and royal watcher Elizabeth Holmes, who will be sharing her thoughts on the coronation from a US perspective. But first, we are joined by our very own royal editor, Emily Nash, who has been inside the Abbey for plenty of royal events over the years, including the Queen's funeral in September. Emily, this is a one-of-a-kind royal celebration. Are you looking forward to it? Hello. Well, yes, of course I am. Be uh, honest. I'm not looking forward to the <laughs> so work. So much work. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to the work, if I'm entirely honest. But um, actually, these big events are what make the job so interesting and so different and I think that the global interest in big royal events really sort of reminds you of why Britain is so different and unique. Yeah I think it will be great with the weather to go with it. We need good weather. If it's going to be raining all weekend I don't think anyone's going to be as excited. Come on Andrea. No I'm being so positive. I'm Manifest. No I'm manifesting good good weather. (laughs) Even if it's cloudy I'm I'm happy with cloudy. Unless we forget it rained very heavily on the day of the Queen's coronation in 1953 and um, it did not dampen spirits as we like to write. What is the coronation Emily? What can you tell us? Well, it's a huge piece of theatre. And what it is, it's formalising Charles as the new monarch in this very ancient um, and religious ritual before the people, before the church. I guess if you think of Accession Day, um, just after the Queen's death in September, that was almost a bit like the, um, although very grand, sort of registry office <laughs> moment and this is the big cathedral bells on wedding ceremony if you like so it's like a a contractual thing he's going to sit in uh, Westminster Abbey as the head of the Church of England as the head of state and um, promise himself as our monarch to serve so it's a very um, symbolic moment even though he's already been king for six months uh, at the time of speaking it's uh, formalising that moment and of course it's a great opportunity for people to get together and celebrate. Why have we waited until now for that? Could it have happened straight after or have they left this time to prepare? I mean they're well prepared. They're letting the public prepare for their barbecues. Okay. Yeah. Well yes, weather is very important you know to all our listeners overseas. Never underestimate the power of the British weather to change plans. So 
there is the element of weather. I think that realistically they wanted a coronation to happen soon. Ideally, it would have been probably within six months. But lots of planning has had to happen. And I think it's fair to say that however much people were prepared for the late Queen's passing, no one really wanted to skip forward and actually put in place um, concrete plans for a coronation. Uh, Perhaps it felt insensitive, perhaps, you know, I think it's such a personal moment for the king as well, that people will have wanted to give him a chance to get his head around the idea. So there are a few different things going on there. With Queen Elizabeth, she was crowned a whole year after becoming queen. And I think that you know, we live in a modern age, things happen quickly. There was quite an outpouring of affection for the new king. I think people were really impressed by the way he carried himself after his mother died. And it absolutely makes sense from a PR point of view, I think, to press ahead and and, and do that sooner rather than later. What do you think are going to be the highlights from the weekend? I think a good old dose of um, pomp and ceremony. We're going to see a lot of colour, a lot of spectacle on the streets of London. We are, of course, going to see the king and his family. So we'll have that element of continuity from his heirs. Both um, William and George are expected to play roles within the ceremony. And of course, most people are going to be very excited about seeing uh, the, the young children, Prince George, Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis, potentially all taking part in this huge procession back to the palace after the ceremony. So there's going to be a lot to discuss. Do you think there will be lots of nods to the late Queen? Look, with with the royal family, there is nothing if not continuity and mm. nods to, to tradition. And we're going to see that throughout. I mean, some of the traditions we're going to see are dating back to, uh, you know, for nearly a thousand years. We've got the St. Edward crown, for example, which dates back to the 13th century in various wow. forms. I think the current crown that will be used to crown King Charles been in this form since 1661. But, you know, just looking at the history involved in this, these rituals, they have been conducted for centuries and centuries and centuries. And not many other countries continue to do things in the way that that we have done. All that being said, though, I think it is going to be a much more modern occasion than last time around. Now, we know a lot of things that are happening that weekend. Some remain a mystery. Some we won't really know until days before. I thought it would be fun to share our predictions. Who who doesn't love a prediction that we can... (laughs) We can totally get it wrong. We can totally get it right. That is the fun of it. We can come back in the next episode and actually recap and say, you got that so wrong or you were so on point. So I thought it would be fun. I think in that case, you have to go first. Oh, okay. Okay. So mine is that Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, and their two kids will attend the coronation. Even Lilibet. Well, no. I mean, they will fly over. I expect to see Meghan and Harry, and I do expect to see Archie. Archie will be four years old. On the day. Yes, on the day. Charles was four when, you know, his mum was crowned, and he kind of went in and out very discreetly. And I think we will get Archie. And I think it'll be his first big Prince Archie moment. So that's my prediction. What's yours? Wow, that's a a big one to follow. Mine is a little simpler, and I think that... um, possibly safer as well because this looks to be the way the wind is blowing but I think that that will be the first moment we hear uh, Camilla referred to as Queen Camilla rather than Queen Consort. I think that is the perfect moment for us to lose that additional word which actually hasn't been used for any other Queen crowned alongside a monarch um, in recent history and 
as a writer, for one, I'm pretty happy about yes. that. It's it's <laughs> not easy to to add that in to every sentence you write about her. <laughs> yeah. Love that, Emmy. I don't think I have any major predictions. I just do think that for the women attending the event, the fashion will be another level, though, because it's obviously such a such a celebration, and the whole world will be watching. And I think there will be a lot of thought from stylists going into those looks. So I'm just really excited to see I, I what everyone's wearing. That. I need more than that. Who's going to be the best dressed? Oh, apart Megan. from apart from Emily, <laughs> <laughs> apart from Emily, um, I I thought Megan's uh, the last week where she wore a lot of colours for her royal events before they moved to California. I thought she had some amazing outfits, and I think she'll really bring her A game to this one. So I really can't wait to see and and Kate as well. Obviously, Princess of Wales, and the next queen. I think she's going to have something up her sleeve that's going to look absolutely incredible but I mean is are they wearing like what what's the dress code here are they in gowns are they in tiaras or are they are are they sort of like more wedding two-piece outfits at the time of us recording we're not sure what the dress code will be but I think you know it's a modern coronation I'd be very surprised if everyone comes in um, full-on ball gowns and tiaras, much as I'm sure we'd all love to see that. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Are there any colour bands? Like, you know, in the wedding, you can't go dressed as white because, you know, the bride's wearing white. What about the coronation? I think you just can't go wearing a crown. No. <laughs> okay, guys. You can't go wearing a fur-lined cloak. You can't wear an er- ermine cloak and and the St. Edward crown. It's an absolute no-no. Yeah. Unless... You can't carry the stone of destiny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. This was good. I think we'll come back. We'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see who was right and who was wrong. I think they're all looking pretty good looking forward to it yeah thank you so much for your thoughts emily next up we're heading over to chat to majesty magazine editor joe little to talk all things the coronation joe has been on the royal beat since the 1990s and knows everything there is to know about the royal family Welcome to the podcast, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us today. You are a veteran royal watcher. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how long you've been on this beat? Well, I'm trying not to take veteran unkindly, but I, I, <laughs> I kind of know what you mean. I've been described by many things in many ways. But my royal beat is quite different to your royal beat because my royal beat started probably 25 plus years ago. So that royal beat has changed considerably in the meantime. And the dynamics in 2023 are very different to how they were when I first went to Majesty in 1997. But but nevertheless, um, new reign, exciting times. Um, we're adapting to um, all sorts of changes and we are gradually getting used to new titles. So, um, you know, it's not quite a steep learning curve, but it's, it's very different to, to how it's been until quite recently. So, Joe, you have seen huge changes over that time. We're going through a huge period of change at the moment. One thing we know about the coronation that's coming up is that a lot of the elements are ancient and will remain the same, but quite a few things will be different. What is your view of of what we should expect? What's going to be different about this from 1953? Um, Can I just begin this by saying I wasn't there in 1953. (laughs) I was going to ask that. That was one question I had. So what I'll be telling you is is secondhand information, but... um, (laughs) You know, 1953 was the most spectacular of royal occasions, I suppose, perhaps in the in the 20th century, and we got to see uh, a lot of it because the ceremony was filmed in Westminster Abbey, and that um, has sort of whetted our palates for um, what might come next. But um, clearly, that was then, and this is now, and uh, 70 years on, 
what we will experience in May is going to be a, a very different thing in, in so many ways that the, 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 the sacred and holy parts of the ceremony will be largely unchanged. The ceremony, as we know, is, is going to be shorter. What we aren't going to be seeing this time around um, are the, the massive processions, both before and after the, the coronation ceremony. Um, the Commonwealth troops came into London uh, a special camp was was set up in Hyde Park to accommodate all the all the soldiers and uh, and sailors and military people. And um, on the day, it took forty five minutes for the, the coronation procession to pass any given point. So, so that was a massive thing. We won't be seeing that this time around. The route won't be as as long uh, for for so many reasons. We won't have the Commonwealth involvement. So the processions we're told are going to be as lavish. I'm not quite sure how that can be, but. Um, I'm sure, uh, given what happened for the Queen's funeral, we will see something still quite uh, wonderful. But it it won't be as as big or as long. But, you know, we will still be hugely impressed. And I'm sure a grand day will be had by all. I'm very interested in the mystical elements of it. It all sounds very Arthurian. There's a stone of destiny. There's holy oil. I mean, is that all going to be included? Like, what can you tell us about that? That will most definitely be there. You know, there's um, rumblings in Scotland that perhaps the the stone of Schoon shouldn't return to London for the occasion, that a replica should be made. But... um, Uh, I'm pretty sure that on the day it will sit underneath the coronation chair, which is being repaired at the moment, and um, it's part of royal history, so it'll be amazing if if it's not there. But, you know, the the Queen took the occasion to be one of the most important of of her life, you know, that she made a a pact with God on the day that um, Mm. she was crowned, the anointing meant a great deal to her, and that's why she didn't allow that part of the ceremony to be filmed. Um, it was just between her and God and, and the Archbishop of Canterbury. And um, she was a very religious woman. And we, we now know that her son, King Charles III, is also religious. Um, mm. And he will be taking all sorts of advice and, and counselling from the Archbishop of Canterbury about this in the run-up to the coronation. So it will be taken equally seriously. And we've seen of late that the coronation oil has been um, blessed in Jerusalem. Let us pray to the Lord. <clears throat> And that will be something that the king has taken a huge amount of interest in. You know that uh, uh, that that means a great deal to him, and there are all sorts of family connections as well because mm. of the the olives from the Mount of Olives, and and his grandmother, Princess Alice, is her, her final resting place is in a tomb on the Mount of Olives. So um, so there are all sorts of connections, and you know the king, as we know, is fascinated by all sorts of uh, religions. You know he's defender of the faith but we thought that perhaps he might have been defender of faith plural because Britain in 2023 is very different Mm. to how it was in 1953 Um, but you know religion and the holiness of that part of the occasion is is still you know very important as far as the king is concerned. For the listeners who might not know and for me uh, what is this (laughs) stone of destiny? So the stone of destiny or the the stone of schoon if I'm pronouncing it correctly is, is Scottish so it's a stone that kings of Scotland were sitting on when they were crowned in Scotland and um, of course at, at a certain point uh, the, the two crowns merged in the, the act of union and so the, the King of England then became the King of mm. Scotland as well. So I think it dates back to something like the 13th century doesn't it and um, I think it's probably still a bit contentious as you say with Scottish nationalists who don't feel that an English king should have the right to sit on this piece of their history 
I'm sure it's something that's being discussed at the highest levels <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, it's not felt appropriate by so many people, uh, well, a, a minority of people in Scotland, but then equally uh, people in, in the UK in general don't think there should be a coronation. So, um, you know, there will always be a, a, a little group of naysayers, but... Um, but, you know, that's life. I think that one of the other things that they're changing is to do with the presentation of gold ingots, which is another ancient ritual, which I think the you know powers that be have rightly decided. So what's that? Essentially, I think in the past, there's been a presentation of gold to the monarch wow. as part of the ceremony. And, you know, people have rightly decided that this is not a good look in this day say, and age. There's a cost of living crisis. Maybe, <laughs> maybe gold to the crowd? <laughs> I mean, I, one way well. that would make the coronation even more popular, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, there are all sorts of ways that they're going to have to modernise you know, in terms of the way they dress. I mean, we don't know quite how the, the king will look on the day that um, his grandfather, um, on his day in 1937, wore breeches and and silk and all sorts of things um but i i think um in all probability we will see the king um in military uniform or perhaps dressed in the uniform of a an admiral of the fleet when he arrives at the abbey he won't be wearing a crown obviously the queen when she arrived in 1953 she wore the uh, diamond diadem which would have been made for george the fourth and then after his coronation he will leave the Abbey, perhaps, would he have a, a long robe? That remains to be seen. Um, and pages carrying it. That's quite an archaic image, really. But no, but you need the pomp, don't you? You do. I wouldn't disagree with that uh, at all. But but so he will leave wearing the Imperial State crown and obviously will be crowned with St. Edward's crown. So um, I'm assuming the crown is really heavy. It wasn't? Didn't the Queen explain to us once just how incredibly heavy? But is it, is it still as heavy? Yes, it is. Yes, it weighs a tonne. I wanted to ask as well, is is Ed, Edward's crown the same one that the Queen had, presumably? It is, yes. yes. So that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years wow. now. And they are both very heavy. So the Queen practised for quite some time wearing St Edward's crown and, and also the Imperial State crown because of the weight. And um, St Edward's crown is only used for the coronation, so it's a once in a, in a rain uh, moment. But so she had to practice with it. And I think Prince Charles has memories of her wearing the oh. crown at home to get used to having it on her head. And of course, it wouldn't be on her head for very long. But yeah. uh, nevertheless, you have to move around and, and maintain your balance and, and not have it topple because that yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. So. I'm envisioning some wild scenes of Charles at home with Camilla just wearing the I was going to say, has he, <laughs> do you think he's been practicing? I'd be amazed if he if he didn't. You know, that we're told that there's... um. A mock abbey set up in Buckingham Palace. Oh now. my God! Stop. So, so in that the they can rehearse oh the, the, the ceremony. They'd have to. They did that for the Queen, but the Queen did go to Westminster Abbey as well for for various rehearsals. So you can't expect them to just turn up on the day and be able oh, to. Oh, I hope someone's do documenting it, this and we get to see it in like a year's time. I mean, it would be amazing. Oh, it? it would be mm. incredible. Do you think he's excited? <laughs> How do you think King Charles is actually feeling about the day? Well, I'm not sure that royals get excited. This I think is the having thing. having done what you've done all your life, I think that um, it's not how we would perceive it to be. That it's a duty. Uh, it must be terribly nerve wracking. Um, I would say more so for Camilla than for the king, because the king's been doing similar things all his life. You know, he's yeah. he had the investiture in 1969, so so he got a taste of it then. But um, but nevertheless, it's still, to my mind, a hugely daunting prospect. But, you know, that said, when the Queen was crowned in 1953, she seemed incredibly calm and collected. I don't think nerves came into it with the 
with the Queen. And, you know, even the, the more recent royals don't seem to get nervous. I mean, Catherine Middleton, as we would call it, Majesty, on her wedding day was very composed and didn't seem that nervous, I don't think, that um, perhaps her future husband was more nervous. Yeah. Um, so, so We heard he was on the rum the night before, didn't we? I was going to say, oh, yeah. didn't they all just do a tequila before, <laughs> before they get out the car? Well, wouldn't you? That, yeah. um... <laughs> yes! Exactly. Yes, I would. <laughs> it's probably going to be, for the people in the room, a very long time waiting, even if it has gone from three hours to an hour and a half. And last time, by all accounts, for the Queen's coronation, her maids of honour were there fainting because it was all a bit much. I mean, do you think history will repeat itself with this one? I don't think so. I mean, the the fainting um, episode, that was Lady Anne Coke, as she was then, now Lady Glen Connor. He was among the youngest uh, maids of honour. She she got dizzy. This was during the ceremony itself. It wasn't beforehand. So the ceremony was underway and she could feel herself swaying. The, the various accounts of this, that somebody um, broke the file of um, smelling salts and waved it under her nose and she recovered. But um, there was also a steadying hand from, I think, one of the archbishops, um, but then another account says that she had a swig of um, the Archbishop's uh, brandy that he had <laughs> under his cassock, and that revived. I'm not sure about that, but certainly she did nearly faint, but that she she recovered. So I mean, that uh, is what? that's one vote in favour of long coronation robes, isn't it? You could hide conceal anything. a hip, hide everything. hip flask. Mm. That's what yeah. I was saying about the tequila. Yeah. Um, but why would she faint? Is it too hot in there? Is it just being stood for that? I suppose time? she'd been there a long time. It would have been hot under those um, severe TV lights. Um, mm, yeah. She probably didn't have much breakfast before she no, left I, hours I think she earlier. told me once that she had, she, they hadn't eaten for yeah. about eight hours or something. And they were wearing very corseted yeah. gowns. Right. Yeah, the well. heart or dresses, I think, were just so tight that they were constricting breathing and movement and all sorts of things. So I suppose pile all those pressures on and you, you are the heart of this very elaborate um, formal occasion. He's you... hoping they go for a full English breakfast this time. Yeah. yeah. So chances are that won't be the, the 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 case this time. Although you always get a King's Guard keeling over, don't you? There's always one. Well, it depends what the weather's going to be like. Oh. Yeah. Until May, it could be quite hot. You it, know? it could, yeah. Um, you never know that people get nervous for various reasons. And, uh, you know, I've been to things, I'm sure Emily has, and, and yes, a, a soldier would just go spark out, you know, that... Um, uh, and if they're wearing armour, it makes quite a clatter. I want to go and talk about guest list, because that's something we know. Queen's guest list was over 8,000 people, but Charles, around 2,000? Well, we, we're hearing two, two and a half, three thousand, you know. Um, How do you cut people out? Health and safety nowadays, <laughs> you know. That's, well, it's um, true, because they were all on very um, big sort of makeshift rises, weren't they? Which yeah. I don't think oh, no, would, no. would be remotely um, passed by health and safety these no, days. No, so, so for the 1953 coronation, the Abbey was closed for the best part of six months so that all these stands could be erected um, and then had to be taken down, obviously, after the ceremony. This time around, the Abbey closes to the public less than two weeks before the ceremony yeah. wow. and opens two days after the ceremony. So that would indicate that there really isn't going to be any sort of um, stands. Yeah. You know, Previously, there was a Royal Gallery, there was a Royal Box and huge um, oh uh, other stands as well. Well, there won't be any of that. And I think the seating plan that we'll see on the day is going to be pretty much like we saw for the Queen's coronation in many ways. Do you think we'll be getting any celebrity guests? David Attenborough, I would assume maybe. And that is it. I mean, who else could go? We're not getting the Beckhams, any. Beckhams. <laughs> <laughs> David Beckham. No. I think we will, don't you, Emily, that we will see famous faces, faces that we know, faces that... Um, sport, maybe. 
that um, Charles and Camilla are, are very friendly with. I'm um, sure you're right, Joe. yeah. Um, but again, uh, we may not find that out until the day. They can be quite protective of guest lists. And uh, for, for, I think, the last couple of weddings, we were told how many guests there were, but we weren't told yeah. very many details about the guest list itself. And um, uh, Sometimes it's just watch on the day yeah, and yeah. see who comes along. I'd be along. surprised. But one big difference, there's going to be fewer peers, which again, I think... Is, is chimes with, you know, the public's perception of how how things should be done these days. I think there was something like 700. How do you mean peers, sorry? Lords of the realm, ah, lords and ladies, you. aristocrats, um, landed gentry. And I think um, that is not going to happen. And fewer members of parliament as well. Going back to Camilla, this is something else that the palace have been quite clever about, I think, in their choice of crown for her. And again, it comes down to avoiding... The controversy in this day and age. Can you tell us a bit about that? The Queen Mother's crown was always going to be a contentious thing because of the Koenor diamonds. Yeah, essentially for listeners who don't know, the Koenor was one of the largest uh, diamonds ever discovered, the largest cut diamonds in the world, weighing 105.6 carats. Let's just take a moment to appreciate that. Um, but what is contentious is about how it ended up in the UK, obviously, uh, it was discovered in the Punjab in India and uh, ended up becoming gifted to Queen Victoria. And there was the involvement of the East India Company and the then British colony. And so there have been lots of calls from within India for this to be returned. Obviously, it has that association with the legacy of colonialism. And that is something that the royals will want to distance themselves from. Um, so it, by avoiding wearing that particular crown and using that particular jewel, they have managed to sidestep that issue. In previous coronations, a new crown would be made, and clearly uh, now is not the time to be making new crowns. You know that Quite that not. would definitely send out the wrong signals yeah. in so many ways. So, so if if the Queen Mother's crown isn't an option, then you just go back a generation and uh, go for Queen Mary's crown. And, and why not? You know that um, Camilla has the the stature to wear such a an imposing a piece of, I don't know, Julie's probably not the right of describing it, but um, I, I think she will present a, a very fetching image on the day, you know, that um, Camilla wearing tiaras looks really good. And, and I think that that's how we can expect it to be at the time of her crowning. Can we expect the Princess of Wales in a tiara or will it just be hat? It will be interesting to see whether she wears a tiara. We're used to seeing her wearing them at very, very formal occasions. Yeah. And this, as you this rightly said... This is the perfect said, one. Can, this can is, we get more of a formal occasion? I wouldn't, <laughs> this is a 10. I wouldn't say so. And that will be really telling on the day, whether or not they decide to go in civvies, if you like. Yeah, so 1953, all the princesses wore tiaras and coronets as well. So don't think we'll see coronets this time. Um, there was a lot of bling in the Abbey that day. A huge amount, yes. If Kate wears a tiara, can we then expect, you know, Sophie, Beatrice, Eugenie, Megan? Because we need a Megan tiara moment. Wow. This is it. Where, where do you draw the line? Beatrice and <laughs> well, Eugenie. that's the thing. Beatrice and Eugenie, um, I wouldn't think. But they're um, HRH, aren't they? They're princesses. They are, they are. But there's a lot of female yeah. HRHs as well. So, um if you if you wear a tiara, you have to wear a long dress. Yes. So um, now, do does that mean that everybody in the in the abbey has to wear a long dress, or will there be a different dress code for the the royals Good point. or it the sounds, senior royals? This it's, sounds so complicated. Yeah, I mean, to, if everybody's in the abbey in long dresses, um, 
that looks like a throwback to uh, a bygone era. It's yeah. not the modern image I think they're going no, for. No, I don't think no. so. So, um, you know, it, it may well be dangerous for, for many of them. That, um, But again, I, I don't think we'll be told that till yeah. very near the time. Very last minute. So um, there's a million questions that we have and uh, they won't be answered for a long time. But we love speculating. Yes. Right? yes. <laughs> well, I was going to say, speaking of the bling in the room... Uh, are these European royals and guests bringing gifts to Charles? Is that a rule for coronations? I like that. Yeah, is it, is it a birthday? Does Charles have a registry anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he does, we don't know about it. I, I, think, I think it's unlikely, you know, that I think we can assume that that won't be the case. I mean, I that, hope not uh, for their sake. What do you buy? The king has got everything. It's, yeah. it's crazy. A first edition book of w- something. Watercolours. Watercolours. Book of, book of, like, the UK, you know. And I'm not a fan of these gifts anyway, you know, that I think that I mean, why, why do you need to give the royal family gifts? Um, because look what they have already that, yeah. um, to my mind, It'd be much better to to make a charity donation somehow. Yeah. That, um, um, but that's. I think that's actually a really good shout, Joe. They did a special collection for the Disasters Emergency Committee coming out of the Commonwealth ceremony this year, specifically for the Pakistan floods. And I think that the King makes moves like this increasingly often, doesn't he? I think he's trying to. Yeah. To keep it a bit more real, perhaps, than the royal family have done in the past. And I think when the Sussexes were married, did they not say, instead of sending us gifts, could you yeah. donate to, to these charities? Yeah, yeah. That Do you think they should just there? put a collection bucket outside of the Abbey then, basically? <laughs> well, the trouble is nobody... leave your tiara here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody carries cash these days, so you, so you need these these da- zappers, don't you, really, to... Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll get you contact. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. Thank you so much for being here and talking through it all I can't wait to find out how it all plays out yes no it's been great fun thanks very much for having me thanks Joe. oh wow that was so interesting I love Joe. yes he's so knowledgeable I learned so much from this chat well now it's time to talk to award-winning saxophonist Yolanda Brown who had a royal double just last week when she performed for the king and his family at the Commonwealth Day service in Westminster Abbey a day before her investiture as an OBE. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what an investiture is, this is when people go and receive an honour from the king or queen of the day. And it could be a damehood or a knighthood. You see those very dramatic pictures of someone kneeling down to have the sword placed on their shoulders. Or it can be one of the other honours which are are given out and they're pinned to people's chests. And it's usually a lovely moment for someone to be recognised for their achievements and they have a little chat with the person presenting them with the award. Welcome, Yolanda. Thank you for having me. Thanks. You've had a huge week. So congrats on your OBE. Thank you. You had an investiture after performing at the Commonwealth Service. Yes, it has been a royal week. I'm sure that King Charles is waiting for me to turn up for coffee on the Wednesday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing her every day this week. <laughs> You're good friends. Tell us, tell us all about your week. Oh, my goodness. Well, I knew that my investiture was in the diary. I didn't know who it was going to be with because uh, you don't get to know that. Did you but... have a preference, though? Hmm. Did I have a preference? I'm thinking about that now. I don't think I did. No, any, I don't think I did. I think the whole honour itself has been amazing, you know, amazing for my parents, yes. my family. So just the day itself and to be honoured in this way has just done it for me. Yeah. <laughs> it could how be did, anyone, to be fair. How did your parents react? 
They were really excited. They couldn't believe it. I think at this uh, point, you know, yeah. being a musician first and foremost and sort of stopping my PhD to follow music and then the career that has grown out of that, for them, it's just like, what is it this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they were all very proud and enjoyed their time at the palace, which was was lovely. But you only get to invite three people. This is true. Although I was able to bring my daughter as well. <sighs> so I feel very, very special. Privileged. Uh, absolutely <laughs> so. Uh, so, yes, yeah, she, my nine-year-old Jemima, got to come to the palace as well although we also um, were able to get her school to come to the Westminster Abbey performance so oh. eight of eight students from her school were they the ones that, that kept looking at you yes. oh my god I loved it <laughs> I didn't know she was going to be right in front of me but um yeah it was oh really my nice, god that so. must have been so special we watched oh, the performance by the way before oh. you came because we just wanted to like and it was an incredible performance and all oh. the kids that were looking at you were like with their mouths open <laughs> well that was the thing for me I think you know the theme was youth and the idea that all of those children were there taking in live music, for me, I'm, I'm very passionate about music education. And any chance that young people can get to engage with live music, it might be out of the genres that they listen to usually, but that experience of being there one-on-one -on -one with it, you can't take it away. And you were asking me just before we came on air about sort of dancing up the nave. For me, that's what triggered it. I could see their faces looking at me. I thought, no, they need to get closer to the instrument, feel the music, so I'm going to go and dance to them. I'm going to go up there and meet them, you know? See, I thought you were looking for William and Kate. <laughs> yeah. I did. This. I look, They call it the screen, you know, in the middle of the, the abbey. And I thought, can I make it through? I'm back <laughs> in three minutes. I don't know if I can do it in Secu three minutes. Security must have been waiting. Where's she going? Where <laughs> we did not practice this. No, but you, I have to say, it's incredible watching the performance. You walk backwards with your incredible <laughs> heels i mean i was like wow and and you mentioned emily you were like the those stones i mean they're you know they're ancient so you've got to be careful when you're stepping you yeah i mean i i do love to move with my instrument however the the mood takes me that's what i'll do uh and so i have been known to to walk around and and dance around when i'm playing um although the place where i was told to stand was on isaac newton that <laughs> oh, wow. felt a little bit strange so any chance to move off a little bit <laughs> You are. I, I mean, I was saying, I, I showed my kids your performance. Oh. I was like, this is amazing. They love The Simpsons. And I was like, look, this is like Lisa Simpson. Come to life. <laughs> oh, that's high praise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, it was so special to see that in Westminster Abbey. And what we're talking about in this episode is mm -hmm. the coronation. But what is it like? to perform in that venue yeah. and for the royal family. That's a kind of double whammy of pressure. How nerve-wracking are we talking here? You know what? For me, and I, I'm so glad, first and foremost, that the palace chose Is This Love. And it's a song that's been on my set list from the very beginning of performing. I, I love Bob Marley. My, my family's from Jamaica. Any chance I get to play homage to Bob Marley, I will do. And it was lovely that they wanted me to come and be myself. So then the nerves are a lot less. It would be different. It's like, we want this song in this key and played this way. Then you have to prepare for that. But they invited me to do what I always do. So nerves weren't really there in that way. I couldn't see them through the screen. Uh, but actually, you know, people saying they were smiling and swaying along and moving along, well, which yeah, is absolutely what you there's want. There's an image, actually, of William and Kate interacting <laughs> that actually went a bit viral. Cause, like, I don't know what I tried. I tried. I tried to lip read. <laughs> I, I couldn't. Well, we, we were going to ask you, um, you've been an ambassador for the Prince's Trust for yeah. a while, haven't you? Yes. But am I right in thinking you hadn't met the King until no, last week? Absolutely. That, right. I, I had lots of Christmas cards uh, oh. from him oh. along the years and you know updating me on on 
all the amazing work that the Princess Trust are doing and thanking me for being an ambassador. Uh, but yeah, never met him. So and then to meet him two days in a row was like <laughs> catching up for lost time. And did he give you any uh, feedback? Did you get the royal seal of approval for your performance? Yeah, it was lovely because we got to do the lineup at the end. They, they cut to credits when it was my turn, but we got some lovely oh, pictures. <laughs> so I got to meet everybody and, you know, the king was, was really um, just thankful and said, oh, thank you so much. You brought so much joy, you know, and, and Prince William as well. And uh, Kate remarked on the fact that for those children, that would be an experience that they'll never forget. Sure. So the heart, they really got the heart of the performance, oh, which was lovely. And then when he uh, gave you your OBE, was he like, oh, you again? <laughs> he actually did. <laughs> <laughs> because actually after the um, the Abbey we went to Buckingham Palace for a reception uh, and I was sort of trying to do my my thing to find out who were we going to have for the investiture because we didn't know uh, so I, I found Prince William and his security I said oh are you working tomorrow? <laughs> don't, don't know and I said okay <laughs> and then finally went to say goodbye to the king and I said oh I'm actually back here tomorrow for my investiture and he said oh I'll see you tomorrow oh <laughs> <laughs> and when, when they called my name he said oh you made it back again then I said yes I they should did. have invited <laughs> you to stay over Literally. I did try I did try <laughs> security issues there <laughs> What small talk do you do with the king when he's handing you an OBE? Well, you know, what I've really taken from this experience, and I was invited to um, the palace to meet the queen uh, at a reception uh, about uh, eight, nine years ago. And they actually hold amazing conversation and actually look at you as if you're the only person there. Um, And... King Charles has that too, yeah. you know, it can just engage in conversation. How was the reception last night? How was it for you? And he said how it was for him and what am I working on next? And really, really engaging questions, not sort of, uh, you know, yeah, we're doing for breakfast, talk. not yeah. fluffy, really, really yeah. getting to know you and thanking you for your service. You feel heard, you feel seen. Oh my goodness, sure. walking on a cloud as I really? left the room. I just thought, oh, that was such a lovely engaging conversation. And every single time it's been that way. And coming up to the coronation, there's going to be a lot of music mm. performed on the day, a lot of different things but what would be your advice then as now a seasoned performer at the Abbey? <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> what, 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 what should people do to prepare? Well it's the same thing that I, I always say be yourself. Mm-hmm. I think with all of these performances it's not necessarily even about the music that's played it's how how you are investing into it and so if you go being yourself there's nothing to be nervous about all of these people would have performed on many world stages but bring yourself and and connect with the audience yeah. that are there in the room because then it filters out to everywhere else. So if you enjoy it, then they'll enjoy it. That's what my mum always says. Oh, <laughs> I love Mums that. are always right. They are indeed. <laughs> so are you excited for the coronation? What will, what will you be doing? What are your plans? Yeah, super excited. I mean, when would we get to see this in our generation, you know? And I think it's, it's a time for celebration. It's a time for renewal and a time for us all to come together as yeah. a nation, which I think the times that we've had to do it, both in grief and in celebration have just been so heartwarming um, that it's nice that we've got this together. Hopefully it will be a nice sunny day. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll be there with the family or wherever I'm invited to be. Or at the be. palace. Or, or yeah, at the wherever, knows? wherever they need me to be, I'll <laughs> exactly. be. Uh, and I think it's just about making sure everybody is celebrating and taking in this moment. We might not get to see another coronation in our lifetime. You never know. Yeah. What's up for you next? Like, what are your plans? I mean... 
can anything else top this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think no two days are the same, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and I've, I've learned to just take joy from everything that I'm doing, whether it be a board meeting, whether it be to performing Yolanda's band jam songs to children around the country. Uh, and so I, I love touring, always on the road. And um, I'm, I'm really excited that I get to share this experience now uh, with the next generation. So whenever I'm around young people, I know they're going to ask, you know, we played just across the river there on Valentine's Day at Raw Festival Hall. And um, lots, I always meet and greet afterwards and lots of children came to me, congratulations, congratulations Aww. on meeting the king, congratulations on your OVE. And they really take it all in. So I'm going to spread the word and spread this feeling that I have to them too. Next up, Damehood. Oh, oh yeah. you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we, that should be on the cards for sure. Oh, yeah. oh that's very kind so. of you. That's very kind. <laughs> God, it's been so lovely to talk to you. I know it's been brief, but it's honestly been wonderful. Oh, so I've, thank I've you really so much. Enjoyed it. And thank you for this amazing podcast. I'm a fan. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> lovely to have you here. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I loved Yolanda. She has such amazing energy. I really, really enjoyed it. She has an amazing talent. She's incredible. Yeah. So next up, Emily, you can tell us, who are we being joined by? Well, we're very excited to welcome to the podcast Elizabeth Holmes, the New York Times bestselling author and a long-time royal watcher. And many of you will know her from her fantastic Instagram account where she shares her so many thoughts on royal fashion. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Uh, we're sure you have so many thoughts on the coronation. So to kick things off, can you share some with us? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think it's terribly exciting. I mean, this is obviously the first in many of our lifetimes. And I have so enjoyed sort of studying up on Elizabeth's coronation and reading about the plans for Charles's coronation. And I think, you know, obviously here in America, we have a bit of a different relationship, right? We can sort of observe it from afar um, and watch it all play out. But nobody does pomp quite like the Brits. So <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to it. What are you most excited about? I would have to say the fashion. Um, that's very much where my eye goes into what's everybody going to wear. Um, but truly, I mean, it's funny because obviously the Americans, uh, There's, I have a big following. There's a lot of interest in the royal family, but we don't have anything remotely close to something like a coronation, right? And so we, we can have some fancy weddings here in the States and call them perhaps our version of a royal wedding, even though I don't know that that really holds. But we have nothing like a coronation, right? And nothing like coronation fashion. And so I think it will be, it will be so interesting to see what everybody is wearing. Uh, speaking of American uh, royal fans, what is the American perspective on the coronation? Are people excited? I think there people are really interested. You know, I mean, obviously we have, um, a, like I said, a different perspective over here because we're not defined by the royal family, right? They're not representing us. And we certainly have no comparison here. We just have an elected president, which is a very different thing to watch play out. I think my followers in particular are very interested in the historical context here and the ways in which Charles is choosing to make this his own. You know, I mean, I think that um, obviously he has um, been waiting <laughs> for this position for his whole life and um, certainly watching it... Um, unfold has been so interesting. I was really moved by his coronation emblem and the the symbolism that that, that held. And I think you know, there's so much thought behind all of these choices. And that's my favorite part of it, that nobody does um, symbolism and sort of visual representation quite like the British royal family. 
And just to expand on that for our listeners, the emblem brings together elements from all parts of the United Kingdom. So you've got the daffodil of Wales, the rose of England, uh, the thistle of Scotland and, (laughs) uh, forgive me, Northern Ireland, a shamrock, surely. Yes. But, yeah. It was a beautiful piece that they put forth. And it was like the first sort of visual of the coronation I felt. And it was such a sort of softer representation of power, right? You can imagine all the different ways in which one could sort of assert themselves by coming up with a coronation emblem. And that emblem, from what I understand, is going to be on all the merchandise and, you know, it can be used in many different ways. And so it becomes this way for people to participate, right? Like I remember when I came over for the Jubilee, I bought a pin, you know, that had the Jubilee emblem on there. And so I thought, when when Charles released his and the, and the thought behind it, the use of those symbols, it just, um, I thought it was really beautiful and very thoughtful and it gave me a lot of hope for, for what's to come. Now, obviously fans in the US loved the Queen. What are their thoughts on Charles and Camilla? I think it's a little bit more complicated, certainly. I mean, the Queen, um, I think what the Queen was just beloved around the world, right? She, yeah. Um, in part because of you know how long that she reigned and and the symbol she sort of became it was a grandfather or grandmother for you know for the UK but then certainly for the rest of us too she was just such a fascinating figure to watch um, and Charles you know because Charles is you know the first monarch to have you know lived through the modern media age I feel like we know so much more about him right and especially after the release of Spare uh, people here in America have very strong thoughts on him and the choices he's made for his family and I think it's a little bit more complicated I'll just say that because there are people definitely that are sort of unabashed fans but I think a lot of people are sort of waiting to see you know what he does (laughs) what he does with with the throne going back to fashion because I know fashion is your thing yes now we had um our guest before was Joe Little um, editor of Majesty magazine and we talked about if there were going to be tiara moments like during the Queen's coronation now he seems to think that they won't be a tiara moment. What are your thoughts? Mm. Oh, oh, you I sounded sure disappointed. Ho- I, sure hope. <laughs> you sounded dis- I know I saw that and I was like, I sure hope. I mean, gosh, we again, because Americans don't really have tiaras and we never have an excuse to wear them. It's like, I sure hope that they take advantage of this and make this into a tiara moment because if you're going full coronation, right, it just seems like there should be an opportunity for people if they have one in their presence or have the means to get one. Like, I want to see them all, right? I mean, this, like, what a chance this would be, um, not just for members of the royal family, but for, you know, guests and attendants and things like that. I think if you're going to go for it, you should go for it. Um, but that's my, as someone who's never worn a tiara, that's yes. my first. To be fair, it's also <laughs> traditional. I, I, I agree. I'd really love to see everyone in gowns and tiaras. It's like, what other opportunity but the could problem be is, more appropriate? If Kate wears a tiara... All the others have to wear a tiara. Well, yeah, and then where does it stop? That's what Joe Little was saying. Why does it need to stop? I, know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it. <laughs> like just, I don't want it to everybody stop. Everybody get yours. Yes, yeah, you, me, I want those tiaras. watching at home, put on your tiaras. Let's go. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually disappointed to think there won't be tiaras because, you know, I was excited to see... You don't know see... that. That is a prediction. Well, it is. But, you know, I really wanted to see Megan in a tiara. And I'm, I'm really rooting for her to attend. That's one of my predictions, by the way. So I want to see all the tiaras. I mean, that would be an incredible photo opportunity. All the royal ladies, including Beatrice and Eugenie, you know. Oh, I, I agree mean, for fashion watchers and for lovers of bling, it would be fantastic. But I do also think that they are going to be sensitive to the current social backdrop, you know, and they can't mm. be seen to be 
to oh, love they it. Oh, own them. Come on. They own them and they are going to be going, they are going to be driving around in a gold state coach. <laughs> they're just okay, sitting there. Exactly. Right? They're getting dust, you know. Yeah. We already know that they're Earth, so why not? Yeah. <laughs> if Charles was, was suggesting that perhaps he was having a more dramatically scaled back coronation, then I can understand why tiaras would feel a little bit out of place. But also it's point to, you know, him <laughs> him embracing it for himself, right? He He will be crowned. And so why not? let the rest of the people in attendance have fun. And I do think, like you said, they already own them. You know, I mean, if it's different if they were having tiaras made or something, you know, they were buying new jewels or something. But I think the collection is vast, right? So let's let's let them see sunlight for a minute. <laughs> I mean, speaking of maybe seeing Meghan in a tiara, what do you think, Elizabeth? Do you think that Harry and Meghan oh. will be attending this one? Uh, yes, my prediction yes. is very much yes. I can't <laughs> imagine that they would sit this out. There's so much conversation around Spare and um, what Harry had to say about the royal family, but people seem to have like read over the part where he, he, he said very clearly that he fully supports the idea of monarchy, right? I mean, it was, it was right there. And, and that sort of surprised me as American. I was wondering if he would perhaps um, this, you know, institution that clearly he struggled mightily within and caused him a lot of pain. Like I thought at some point he would reject the notion of royalty, but he does not. He embraces it fully. And so this is his father. Also, he expressed so much love and spare for his father and so much compassion at different points that I'm like, how could he not witness this i just think it would be i would i would be very surprised if they choose not to attend yeah i agree and of course archie and lilibet are prince and princess officially now so yeah it's sort of their i think it's one of those things as a parent you would look back on and regret yeah you didn't didn't bring your child yeah and you guys talk about this on the podcast but like they're playing a very long game here right you know the Mm. history books if you think about it everybody involved here is not just thinking about like what's going to happen you know in a a couple months time but how it will look in a decade or a century you know and like of course you i mean this is a, a family at the end of the day and harry very much supports the whole idea of monarchy and his father has been waiting. Anyway, I just can't imagine that they would set it up. I can't imagine either, to be honest. Who are you most excited to see, I think, Elizabeth? Like who, which, you know, whose fashion are you most excited to see? I would say Kate and then Megan if she chooses to attend. I think that they're my my royal watching audience. Is that our eyes sort of always goes to go to those two. But then also the children. You know, I mean, I think this is a real moment to see. It'll be so interesting to see what they were so the the Wales children now were so um, present at the jubilee and and their outfits and their family coordination. My goodness, I mean, Kate and Natasha. I think like hats off to yeah. them. The ways in which they make that family look so they're not matching, right? Because it's that would be a different vibe, but they're like they just all coordinate, and it seems Perfect. so harmonious. Yeah, yes. yes, and it's just beautiful. Um, so I'll be interested to see where the children show up and what they'll be wearing. And then you know, I I think we need to give a moment to the gentlemen because um, Charles certainly is interested in fashion. William has had a couple moments, especially around Earthshot, where he's been sort of very cognizant when he when he tries fashion. It gets a lot of attention for for whatever he's doing, and so I think we might see. Perhaps <laughs> a little bit of that. I expect Anne to sort of perhaps have a throwback moment, right? Wouldn't it be so fun if Anne is so good at, at rewearing her clothes or something from her mother? I don't know. I'm just thinking of when the Queen, um, you know, she always used to wear very bright colours because wasn't the idea that all the fans could see her from afar. Yeah. I really like the idea of 
the royals now emulating that and everybody being really bright for the oh, crowd. Kate has, I think. Um, are, are you saying you want to see the king wearing a neon double-breasted jacket? <laughs> that is at some exactly point? what I'm saying. Yes, that I is mean, what I was getting at. I mean, as long as it's sustainable, I think it could happen. I don't think anything's off the table for this coronation. <laughs> I think he's going to surprise all of us. He'll be DJing <laughs> well, we at his own party. <laughs> We need to talk about Queen Camilla, too, because she is so so um, renowned for her hats, her very large statement hats that I can't wait to see. Not for the, yes. the coronation itself, she'll be wearing a crown, but I'm so curious what she sort of pulls out. She's great with a feather moment. I mean, this is the day for her, isn't it? It like, really is, is. Yeah. And her whole family supposedly will be there. Yeah. And that's major for Camilla because, mm-hmm. you know, her family have been kind of in the background for over 15 years. Yeah, and I think that's how they they chose to be because, you know, when she came on scene, things were very different. Oh, God, yeah. Um, There was a lot more antipathy towards her and really it's quite incredible to see how things have turned around. Um, But I also think from a fashion point of view, and I don't know what you think about this, Elizabeth, she has really come into her own Mm -hmm. um, as time has gone on. Um, She has uh, just a handful of designers that she works with all the time. And she just seems very comfortable in her in herself and and confident as a result and I think that's so important especially you know she's not in her um the first flush of youth but she carries herself very well she's elegant and she puts herself together very well I think obviously because of when she entered the scene and and so much of her early public life was you know when Diana um was a fashion icon and so who would want to even try Mm, (laughs) to compete with that right and so I don't blame her one bit for just not you know I mean she just wasn't part of the royal fashion conversation for so long but now I do think she has come into her own and it's such a very Queen Elizabeth like thing to come up with a very small stable of designers that you trust and you work with closely that know your body and know the demands of a royal wardrobe. And I think she looks wonderful. And I think it's very difficult to come up with, you know, outfits over and over and over again that the public can just either say, oh, that's lovely. You know, then you move on because it, it fashion can draw attention, but it can also become a distraction, right? And so I think Camilla has mm. struck this very sort of her own uniform in a way. And yeah. but I do think for the I do think for the coronation this is just a major moment, obviously for her. And then I believe her grandchildren are participating to yes. some extent. So and they're teenagers, so teenage royal fashion, how fun will that be to see what they choose to wear? Yeah. You know, I mean there's just it's gonna be a lot here to a, a visual feast. We dedicated a whole episode to Charles and Camilla. So if the listeners here have not listened to that episode, you should because it is incredible. And then we'll induce you into our fan club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I put you all on the spot? I'm really into predictions. Oh, no. no I know. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't warn them. <laughs> I, we did predictions before on like the actual day, but I want to do fashion prediction here. So seeing as we're all excited to see Kate... Can you each tell me the designer that you think she'll wear on the day, the mm. colour, and whether she'll wear a tiara? So I'll start so you can you can have a little bit, so you can think. I think she's going McQueen. I think she's going to go, God, I'm going to say red and no oh. tiara. Okay. Oh. Who's next? Uh, I Emmy. will go with yellow Jenny Packham outfit. Tiara or no tiara? Mm, no tiara with that look, I think. Maybe a hat. 
Uh, I think we should go to Elizabeth next as our guest. Oh. Elizabeth. I'm to see who's left for me. I, I was panicking. I know Jenny and that's it. So I was like, I can't let somebody else say it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jenny's lovely. Jenny's lovely. Um, I, but I'm going to say McQueen. I think she'll stick with McQueen. I think it will be some very pale, pastel-y, like a light pink or like a light, just a very soft, light color, like a hint of a color. And then I, I'm saying yes, Tiara. I'm just going to will this Tiara. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Emily. I would also go for McQueen, although outside chance, Catherine Walker, um, just because of that fantastic formal wear. If it is day dress, I'd plump mm-hmm. for one of those. And again, I agree with you, Elizabeth. I think it'll be a very, very pale cream or off-white mm-hmm. colour of some description. But it just occurred to me, you know, and I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but if there is some sort of big reception the night before the coronation, as there have been before weddings and before funerals, perhaps that could be the, the tiara, tiara moment. moment. Oh. oh. Our coronation episode can just be titled the tiara moment, I think. <laughs> yes. Like if it actually happens. It's very exciting. Surely but. she'll wear one that she hasn't worn before. Well, look, but again, I think, you know, and I could be wrong on this, but it, it comes down to it being Charles and Camilla's big day. Oh, you're right. Okay. So Sorry. it's not, I think that for, for the others, you know, her time's going to come. Yes, yes, you're right. I think this isn't about eclipsing anyone else's moment, so. No, but I also think too, like, if you think about the use of royal jewels, right, they're not just, I mean, they're so fun to see, but they are a signifier of status and power. Right. And we are in a moment of a coronation where we are, you know, crowning a king. And so I do I think for this whole weekend to go off without some moment, perhaps it's not at the coronation itself, perhaps it's at a reception the night before, the night after, or whatever. But I do think there will be at least one very fancy moment here where the tiaras come out because it makes me think back to you know when the queen was a princess and she was on tour in southern africa they would get off the royal train with the jewels just to show the people right because they just the the jewels are just it it makes them royal right like it's just it's the visual signifier of it so to have a whole coronation without a tiara moment is it sort of unheard of in my mind but but I'm an American, so maybe yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Oh, it's been lovely talking to you, Elizabeth. I can't wait till we catch up after and then see where our predictions went, how how they went. I can't wait for you all to owe me a fiver when <laughs> Tate shows up in her yellow outfit. Mark my words. <laughs> you know, I've really put all my gems in the tiara basket here. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm praying for red. I'm praying for red. Manifesting well, it. Yeah. I'm kind of red. hoping you're all right, just because, uh, you know. It sounds good. It all sounds very glamorous and yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to send this um, episode to Buckingham Palace and just be like, FYI, this is kind of what we're hoping This for. is our request. Yeah, our request. Very easy. Diamonds. Yeah. Diamonds. Yeah. yeah. See what you can do about it, Your Majesty. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Really oh enjoyed Thank talking you for to having you. Me. That was great to hear from Elizabeth all about uh, how people in the US are looking at the coronation. And it's going to be really interesting to hear her take on things when we get back. I'm a sucker for an American accent. I really enjoyed that conversation. (laughs) So that's everything from us today. Thank you so much to all of our guests and to you two for joining us. We'll be back just after the coronation. So don't forget to subscribe now. And we'll be checking back with our predictions. I want to know who was right and who was wrong about what to expect from the big day. I'm excited. In the meantime, catch more from Hello with our news and entertainment show, The Daily Lowdown, available on Spotify, Apple and wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.